0: Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts.
1: Hey, I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and you're listening to Reset, your guide to local news and culture in Chicago and beyond. On this episode of the podcast we're talking about all things dating it seems like pretty much everybody logged on to dating apps over the last couple of years but that doesn't mean everybody likes searching for love online unlike the early days of the pandemic we don't have to limit our social interactions to screens to stay safe so what's the best way to meet someone new in real life our next guest wrote all about this in her latest article for self magazine Joining us is Amanda Chattel. She's a freelance writer covering sexual wellness and relationships. Amanda, we're going to talk about all the reasons dating apps fall short. But first, let's talk about some of the reasons so many of us download them. What makes them so attractive?
2: I think it's because it's so easy. They're literally in the palm of your hand and you can just spend hours swiping, 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 swiping. And it's just the convenience of them. That's why we're all Mm -hmm. sort of addicted
1: yeah and like I said, it's pretty covid safe right to
2: oh yeah, absolutely use that's technology
1: mhm, uh, you know it sounds like there are definitely some times when online dating can be super successful. I've even been successful in the past, I would say uh I wonder if you've ever used a dating app, Amanda, and what your experiences uh- have been like.
2: Yes, I well actually yesterday I I deleted Bumble and Tinder yesterday, but I oh. delete them at least. But I I delete them at least once a month. I get frustrated, <laughs> um, because I'm currently living in Barcelona and because I'm a writer and work from home, the only way I can actually meet men, um, is through dating apps. But it just gets to the point where I get really frustrated and I delete a bunch of them and I swear them off. And then like two weeks goes by and I'm like that urge to swipe comes back again.
0: <laughs> I know
1: exactly <laughs> what you mean, or it's it's either that, or for me, it was when I'd go on them, I'd say, all right, I'm only going on this for three weeks. And if nothing happens in three weeks, I'm done. <laughs> so I sort of set the expectation from the very start. Um, there's one thing okay. that you mentioned in your article, super interesting. Uh, you talk about meeting romantic partners in real life is what we actually did for centuries, right before this technology advanced to this point. And, I just found that funny because it feels like we're now this generation that's just so used to meeting people online. You think it's going to be hard to go back?
2: You know, I was thinking about that. Um, I was talking about it with my best friend who actually inspired the whole article because we went to the beach a few weeks ago and he looked at me and he said, Amanda, I'm not leaving this beach until I go up to a woman and introduce myself and ask her out. I'm like, okay, good luck with that, buddy. And, um, <laughs> and he did it, he went up and he wasn't creepy about it. He, you know, he kept like his space from her. So, you know, he wasn't smothering. He was very respectful and they talked for an hour on the beach and they exchanged numbers and they're going out to dinner tomorrow night. So, oh, okay, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't have the ovaries to do that, but he was able to do it. <laughs> and, um, I, I, I mean, I don't know if some of us will be able to go back to the way like our parents and grandparents met. Um, I feel like if anything, it's just probably going to get more and more digital as the future progresses, Mm -hmm. which is a a kind of a scary thought, but that's how I just feel how it's going to go.
1: You know, it seems like so much of the dissatisfaction with with online dating comes from the lack of follow-up, right? Because, you know, basically getting ghosted after just texting back and forth a few times or never even getting to the point where you schedule that date. Are you hearing stories like that?
2: Yes. uh, That is always a huge complaint with all of my friends who use dating apps. You match somebody and you say hello. They never respond. They don't unmatch you, but they never respond. Or you'll have Mm -hmm. a couple of back and forths and you'll say, hey, we should get a drink, and it just never happens. But the interesting thing is, especially for my uh, straight female friends, it's almost like the straight guys are out there just collecting matches for their ego. They don't actually act on the matches and don't actually initiate conversation or dates. It's just almost like they collect them. yeah.
1: In your article, you write, Amanda, about potential red flags that people can pick up in person, but they just can't get from an online profile. Talk about that.
2: Well, yeah. So when you meet somebody in person, you can see how they interact with other people, especially I mean, if you if you're out and about and you see somebody treating somebody, I always have to watch my language, treating somebody like crap, then you immediately get a sense of like this is not somebody I want to go out on a date with. Whereas like you're not gonna get that on a dating profile. Or if somebody has weird quirks, like they pick their nose, which I actually saw a man do on a date uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> a grown man pick his nose. Like you don't know if they're a nose picker on their on their dating app profile because nobody lists that. Um So you just, you get to see how somebody interacts. Well, I mean, maybe some people list it. It could be a thing. I don't know. Um, So yeah, there's just a lot of how people interact in the world and how they carry themselves that you just can't get from a profile.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? Your article for self is titled how to meet someone without online dating so as i mentioned in a few moments we're going to hear from a couple of dating coaches on this you're going to stick around as well amanda but just start us off with a a quick list of of some of the ways you write about to uh, approach this to approach meeting people in person
2: well some of the big ways were um well switching up your usual routine uh maybe trying to go to a different gym Uh, like I know in New York, you join like one, uh, gym and there's, you know, multiple gyms all over the, uh, I've never joined a gym. So that's why I'm kind of stuttering as I'm trying to explain this, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, you know, New York sports club, there's a whole bunch of them all over the city. So you go to the one on the West side as opposed to the one on the East side, or you, you know, open up the idea in your mind to go to meetups or, go to instead of going to your local bar where everybody knows your name, you go to another bar and sit down at the bar and have a glass of wine. I have found um, as a as a woman who I've traveled all over the world by myself, being alone and sitting at a bar, having a glass of wine immediately opens me up to conversations with men. I mean, sometimes they end up being creepy and sometimes they end up being gentlemen.
1: You don't need a Wi-Fi connection to find a love connection. All right, we'll cut out the corniness, but seriously, today we are digging into how to meet someone off the apps and websites. If you're like the many people who are over digital dating, and we've got a panel of relationship experts to help us out. Joining us now is Bella Gandhi. Bella is a dating coach and the founder of Smart Dating Academy. She also hosts the Smart Dating Academy podcast. Dating and relationship therapist Anita Chapala is helping us out too. And still with us is Amanda Chattel, freelance writer covering sexual wellness and relationships. Let's dive right in. Bella, when it comes to dating in person, Amanda and I talked earlier about getting out of the same old routine. You know, even stepping out of your comfort zone. What's your take on this? Why is that so important?
3: I mean, it's important for all of us. It's uncomfortable for so many of us to meet new people, especially coming out of the pandemic, right? So many people are saying, oh my gosh, I'm feeling anxious. I've forgotten how to talk to people. Just know that most uh, most singles are in the same boat and f- almost 48% of American adults are singles. So if you find yourself a little Scared of doing this, but you dipped your toe back into the dating pool, one of the best things to do is to plan an active date, low stakes, short and sweet. Go for a walk in your own neighborhood, grab coffee, grab tea. You don't have to do it around alcohol. And studies show that when we're side by side, for example, on a walk, we tend to have more authentic Intimate conversations because you don't feel the gaze of a stranger boring right into you.
1: Right, right. You know, Anita, one of my family members is, is trying to get back out there uh, after taking several years off from dating. And uh, not only is she, you know, currently subscribed to multiple apps, which I had to teach her about because she was not around when this stuff, you know, first got uh, popular, but she's also taken up a new hobby, which is joining a, a jewelry making class. Do you think that's a good strategy, being on the apps and kind of stepping out into these this new world?
0: Yeah, I definitely recommend to my clients to do both. Try to meet people in real life and use the dating apps as well. Because with the dating apps, at least it could put you uh, in, you know, connect you with people that you normally wouldn't meet. And I mean, for your family member, I mean, jewelry making is great. Um, I don't know how many you know, single people are there looking for someone, but at least, you know, they have an opportunity to make some friendships that then could, you know, turn into other opportunities to meet someone in real life. So I think that's a great idea.
1: Yeah. Let's jump to the phone lines. Shahab is waiting in Logan Square. Hi, Shahab. Welcome to Reset.
0: Hey, what's good?
1: What's up with you? Are you on these apps or what? What, what do you think?
4: No, no, no. My wife would be so mad. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, no, we just got married. We did, but, but actually it's we, that's how we met. We met through one of these apps. Um, and I, I would say that a lot of my friends will gravitate more toward online dating in part because um, you know we've been told, and we agree we're 100 percent agreement. It is creepy to be out and be a, so if somebody's out at the gym. like uh, uh, one of the people on the show said something about going to a different gym well, we should just not be hitting on people at the gym. We've been told that so many times that we just now, like, that's an accepted rule. Like, I, when, when I was at the gym and when I was single, I would look down at the floor. I would make it a point not to even look at people. Um, <laughs> right. I, didn't to be, yeah. I didn't want to be that dude, you know? Um, so I think there's uh, getting out and meeting people in person, they're spot on. I think that's a fantastic idea. But, like, through those, like, those activity or adventure uh, 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 outings and that sort of thing, And, and meeting for drinks instead of going for a a meal or a show or whatever, Mm -hmm. where you're locked in for like two hours, because you can go and get a drink. And even if it's not an alcoholic drink, like my wife, we met for, we met for coffee or for tea or whatever. And, um, and then we're just like, oh yeah, no, we're good. And then we, you know, and then having like longer dates was a lot easier after that, but but anyway,
1: yeah, it it takes the pressure off for sure. Yeah, no, thanks for calling, Shahabi, and congrats on your, your marriage as well. Let's jump now to Larissa, who's waiting in Glenview. Hey, Larissa.
5: Hi, thank you for co- having me. I, uh, I'm i actually trying to figure out a solution to the exact same problem. I've been frustrated. <laughs> when I was dating, everything you're saying is right on. And when I was just, after my divorce, I was really trying to, like, practice smiling at people out in public, right? And hmm what does this feel like? How, how do uh-huh. I, exist as a single person? And no one was paying attention. Like, even when I was trying to put vibes out there or make something comfortable happen, not creepy, just a conversation, the men weren't comfortable. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, he looked at me, they looked at me, and then they looked past me, like, who, is she smiling uh. at me? What, am I allowed to oh, approach boy. her? Is there, so because we're not on the app. Right. If if you find someone on the ads, you know that it's kind of like a green light to connect with them. In person, maybe they're married and they aren't wearing a ring. Maybe you know ah, they really aren't yes. approachable. So this see whole safety saying. in public uh, for singles is, is a bigger issue. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, I want to throw Larissa's questions, uh, to, to you folks here, Amanda, you know, Larissa brings up the smiling issue. So she has, you know, she's experienced it in, in a different way where it's like, Oh, I don't, you know, maybe I seem weird smiling, <laughs> smiling at folks that, you know, am I just being friendly or do I want to date? And for me in the past, I've been just like in situations where I'm just simply walking down the street and men would say, oh, you should smile more, you know. It's like, but what if I don't feel like smiling in that moment? Am I just now closing myself off to meeting someone new? Is that what's happening?
2: I don't think so, honestly. Um, Having lived in New York for 15 years, I have been told by men, smile, don't you have something to smile about? Blah, blah, blah. And But I think if you're just naturally smiling on your own, it's much different. And I also feel like... I I I feel like if you smile, you look approachable. But if somebody's telling you to smile, then it's it's almost like a I yeah. don't know it, it it just it puts you in a very uncomfortable situation. And although, like, I mean, I totally applaud her for walking down the street smiling at everybody. I don't know if I could. Possibly I know.
1: Do that. I am like, <laughs> okay, Larissa, you go, girl. You know, and yeah. and and Bella. <laughs> Speaking of Larissa, so, so she's come up with this idea. She's she's launching this this meetup group. Yeah. But I want to talk to you about fear of rejection, right? Because that fear of rejection that can truly hinder the human interaction. Share some tips on how we can work through this.
3: Yeah, I think what's important, every human being at their core, right? We're all terrified of rejection because rejection can lead to loneliness, sadness, feelings of abandonment, right? know that we're all on that same wavelength, right? So here's, here's what I tell my clients at Smart Dating Academy about reframing rejection. You want to date someone who's a great match for you. And this is key where you adore this person and they adore you back. So now if someone says you're not a good match, they're not right for you because they don't meet that rubric. Don't personalize the rejection, move on and keep going. Right. I I tell them, it's like, if you were fired from a job, you wouldn't stay in bed for the rest of your life and say, I was rejected. I'm unemployable. You'd lick your wounds. You'd get back out there and you'd find yourself Mm -hmm. a better job where you're appreciated and valued. So, so much of rejection is in our heads and it's goes around the stories that we tell ourselves. Tell yourself the better story.
1: Yeah, that's such good advice. All right, this next one's going to be for you, Anita. Here is a caller who's been waiting, Deborah in Evanston. Hey, Deborah, welcome to Reset.
3: Hi, thank you. I'm so excited. Um, I would like for... I appreciate all the comments. I'm 72 years young, and I'm old school. I really... You know, I'd like a friendship. I'd like to meet, you know, someone in person. I've tried dating apps, and men my age uh, are often, more often than not, looking for someone like 10 years younger than them. And Mm -hmm. their description of who they want is, like, so, uh, like, I don't even think I could be that person. (laughs) Uh, I see. You know, I I I like my yep. the the descriptions sometimes are like just who are they looking for? So,
1: <laughs> who, who is this so. dream woman he's got in mind? I yeah, hear you, I hear yeah, you. So okay, let's let's uh, have you tackle this one, Anita. Deborah wants to know you know suggestions for dating for older women. She's seventy two.
0: Yeah, I mean people can be really dismissive on the apps. They have really narrow filters. They have unrealistic expectations. And so although I would still recommend that she stays on the app because there could be the one or two anomalies who have more realistic expectations, I would really recommend that she focuses on uh, things that she's interested in in person and she can meet men in real life uh so i don't know if she has you know hobbies like tennis or if you know things that are important to her like if she wants an active lifestyle uh maybe she goes to a gym or you know some kind of a country club or something that she can you know be a part of and meet people that way
1: yeah that that is such a such a good point do you have anything to add anita about that fear of rejection conversation we were just Having is it just a fact that we just all need to know how to flirt now in order to make better in person connections with people?
0: Well, I think um, even the first couple of callers, I think the there's too much pressure that singles put on the initial conversation, and so I think people need to stop thinking, "Oh, I need a date" or "I need to get a number." And instead, think about, okay, can I have a decent conversation with this person? Because, yes, I mean, I think a lot of men, at least in heterosexual relationships or as they're dating, are terrified of coming across as a creeper. And so that could take some of that, you know, pressure. You might have a little bit more of a relaxed attitude if you go in with, I'm just going to strike up a conversation and see if we have other things in common besides maybe drinking wine at a bar or, you know, lifting weights at the gym. And then rejection yeah. is a huge uh, problem with my clients where they take everything personally. And so the beauty of my job is I get to talk to clients about why they did the rejecting. And so, you know, I talk with my clients about sometimes it's not about you. You know, they might not be in, this, uh, in the right spot to date. Not everybody on the app is looking for a serious relationship. Like, as I think Amanda True. had mentioned Some people might be on there just for an ego boost. And dating is a process where the whole point of it is to find a mutual fit. And so it's okay if someone doesn't decide that you're a fit for them. It has to be a two-way process. And one of the best ways to avoid really going down a rabbit hole of negativity is to not tie dating success with your self-worth.
1: Mm-hmm. I read another article recently. This one was uh in the Atlantic. Uh, it was talking about the benefits of dating your friends with you know f- with friends you already have a close friendship built in, right which can be the foundation for something much more. I wonder what your take is on this strategy. Don't yeah, all jump in at
3: there's... once. There's... <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> i I ended up i look if there was someone who liked red Flaggy bad people. That was me. Like, I was always like, I attract bad people. No, I looked at myself. The common denominator in all the messes was me. And I was accepting people that didn't want what I wanted, that weren't giving me what I needed. And I sat down Mm -hmm. and I did this analysis, which is the foundation for what we do with our clients today, which it's like, who are the people in my life that make me happiest? And the number one person was my male best friend, we started dating a year later. We just celebrated our 25-year wedding anniversary in May. Aww, that's wonderful. Yeah, so it can work, right? At the core of most amazing long-term relationships is a deep friendship. And that's yeah. what keeps you attached after the honeymoon phase. And what's super exciting yes. and you're, you know, kind of multiplying like rabbits. You know what I mean? But then it changes to that safe attached feeling and ultimately when you are there for each other you're each other's cheerleaders you're supportive you're kind to each other you're reliable that is the foundation for a great friendship and relationship
1: for sure i just i just want someone that i can just i can stand being around you know when we're not doing anything special we just we can just vibe the conversation just flows because you know me i know you we're we're friends right anita
0: Yes. I mean, I think there were some studies done that happily married couples, uh, like 85 to 90% of them consider each other to be their best friend. So it is a significant piece. Uh, and the friendship, like when I work with my couples, you know, when they get into those inevitable, you know, ups and downs, uh, and there, if there is negativity, I always look at the friendship and that's what I target first is to rebuild that and nurture that because that offsets a lot of, um, you know, some of the inevitable conflicts that you know long-term couples have to go through.
1: Gosh, we could talk about this all day, but we're just about out of time. Amanda, anything you can tease upcoming as far as articles? Any other relationship topics you're digging into?
2: Uh, actually, yes. Um, to go along Real quick. with red flags, uh, I'm working on two different pieces. One is on green flags to be aware of and pink flags to be aware of, in case you haven't Ooh. heard of pink flags yet.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to have you back.
4: (laughs) I knew I was (laughs) opening the can of worms there.
1: That's freelance sexual wellness writer Amanda Chattel and Chicago dating experts Anita Chapala and Bella Gandhi. Thank you all. Great advice. That's it for today's Reset. Keep checking in with us for a daily dose of news and conversation on politics, the economy, arts and culture. We drop a new episode every weekday afternoon and sometimes on the weekends too. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow.